Welcome to the Gamers Inn. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me as always is my co-host, Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Hello. How goes the Tears of the Kingdom? I know we talked about it pre-show. I I know how it's going, but (laughs) everyone at home is wondering, has she finished it yet? No, I still haven't, guys. And I will tell you, it is not due to lack of trying. Um, I basically made it all the way down to where the final boss is and I used up all of my consumables. So then I was like, okay, I'm just going to go and farm some more consumables and then I'll come back and then I'll beat the final boss and it'll be done. It'll be fine. And no sooner did I get back up to the surface, blood moon. (laughs) So then (laughs) basically I have to farm like twice as much stuff because now I know how much stuff it's going to take me to get to the final boss. And then I'm going to have a final boss fight which I'm assuming is going to be very gloom focused since he's the source of all gloom. (laughs) That is a safe bet. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, (laughs) Oh, I feel like, uh, I, I was not as prepared as I should have been when I went down. So basically I've been just farming up stuff, just trying to upgrade my armor a little bit more, try to get some better weapons and, and get some, and kind of restock all of my food. And to do that, I did like a whole bunch of, and this is kind of my problem with Tears of the Kingdom, like, and I I love it for people who are like super focused on this game, singularly focused on this game, I'll say, because I feel like um, there's just so much content in it, which is great for people that are enjoying the content. But like, man, it's so easy to to get off the track and, and to get distracted and everything else. Like, I... There's a a certain vegetable that you can farm that then when you cook, you only need one of them. And if you cook it, it gives you full hearts back, no matter how many hearts you have, and three bonus hearts. And so I'm like, okay, (laughs) I can go through this whole big long quest line and like get basically get access to a farm. And then (laughs) I can farm these vegetables, which take like real in-game time to grow (laughs) like you can't just sit in an inn or a a pause menu or something the old lady who does the farming for me was like you can't just while away your time at the inn the vegetables will know (laughs) oh my god wow yeah (laughs) so i have to wait like real and i have to go do other things while my veggies are growing (laughs) it's just like Man, oh man, like, and and doing the, I think it took me uh, two or three uh, quests in order to unlock the farm. So, like, there's just, there's just so many things. There's just so much stuff to do. And it's so easy to get distracted. So, like, I, I was trying. I've been playing the game. I, I've been trying. Uh, but no, I haven't beat the final boss yet. But we have a Nintendo Direct this coming next week. Um, or, sorry, this week. It's going to be tomorrow, Wednesday, June 21st. And so we are going to watch the Nintendo Direct and we're going to have our Tears of the Kingdom conversation. Next week is going to be basically Nintendo week. So, yeah, stay tuned for all of that. But I promise you guys, I am trying. I am trying so hard. (laughs) (laughs) You'll get there. I even like Ryan. Oh, my God. I didn't even tell you this. So I was uh, farming parts off of... um, difficult to find enemies with a 10 minute cooldown and so i'm trying to do this as spoiler free as possible uh so uh i didn't realize that the different parts that drop off of these enemies are on a 10 minute shared cooldown by the time i figured out that 
<laughs> I had used up a lot of resources, like thinking I was hitting the enemy in the wrong spot or something. And then um, I didn't realize that it wasn't saving. So I accidentally fell and died. And then it reloaded and I had like lost like 38 minutes worth of progress. Mm. And no, like there's no autosave or anything. And normally I like this is one thing I give Tears of the Kingdom a huge props for is normally every time your feet touch the ground, it's autosaving. You uh, walk near an enemy and it autosaves like you go into a town and it like usually I have autosaves coming out the wazoo. And then for whatever reason, it didn't count this area that I was in this span of time. So then I went to reload after I died and it was I had nothing that I had collected. And again, it's like it's a 10 real minute cooldown. And I was just like, man, oh man. It's just like I was two minutes away from my final piece when I accidentally slipped and fell. And the reason that I didn't actually use my like my glider and stuff, like I didn't catch myself, is I thought I had a fairy. And then I didn't have a fairy. So I was literally like, oh, no, no, like trying to get back to the place where I was and everything else. And I just didn't see the ground coming. And I was like, it's fine. I have a fairy. <laughs> and then I didn't. <laughs> uh, it's so funny because I did something similar while I was uh, doing the same thing, except I, I would set a timer on my on my watch and then I would walk away from the game I, I just leave it leave it running i was like, too oh. nervous to do that because i was like it's gonna do something and then i'm gonna fall <laughs> well let me be the cautionary tale because uh i i timer <laughs> goes off i'm like oh i I'll, i'm finished making this coffee i'll go downstairs all right what's going on oh i froze to death uh great <laughs> and then because you're maybe the game flags it as in danger but um the the auto saves uh the last one was the uh, when when the last time my feet were on the ground like at the i think at one of the towers so yeah so you just you, you got to check in maybe once every couple minutes to make sure everything's or or just turn it you know turn the volume way up on or take the switch with you the switch is portable you i yeah what am i thinking <laughs> i just i just sat there and i just yeah. had my phone and i was like <laughs> reading to watch tiktok or <laughs> yeah. reading something or whatever and i'm just like i got one eye on the zelda screen and then yeah. <laughs> the yeah the other eye on my puppies or the phone or whatever and i just, I just sat there and just waited which is why it killed me so much and i lost almost 40 minutes of progress i was just like oh why yeah you could have been well i wasn't doing anything productive i was making <laughs> coffee so like i can't really say it. but uh, i think like it's uh you're you're in the end game now, right? You're like you're 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 preparing for oh, the I final am. battle. I definitely am. I'm probably over prepared from an armor and weapons perspective. I just wanted to make sure I had all my consumables lined up. And in trying to, and again, this is how what I mean about getting like so distracted and there being so much content in this game is like, I think uh, it was probably last Thursday or Friday when I made my first run down to where the final boss is and. I played a lot this past weekend. <laughs> it was a, a big downtime weekend. We have a really, really crazy busy week coming up. So like my husband and I basically just had a quiet weekend. We didn't really do much. We were just kind of getting some papers in order for buying our house and everything else. So I had a quiet weekend. I basically played Zelda all weekend, all weekend. <laughs> 
and I still am no closer to killing the final boss than I was on Thursday last week. Like, it just, like, I, I probably put another, like, 20 or 30 hours into the game since I, since my run down to the final boss last, late last week. So, I mean, like, there's tons of stuff to do. It just, uh, I'm, I'm ready to be done with it. And I feel like every time I turn around, I'm, I'm getting distracted or I'm getting pulled in a different direction or whatever. And yeah, I, I think I should just, I just need to go. I just need to do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, definitely go grab the upgrade so you can teleport and such. So. But yeah, so anyways, uh, next week we will have our final, final thoughts on uh, Tears of the Kingdom, because I'm sure you guys are probably sick of hearing <laughs> about it, uh, alongside everything that they announced at the Nintendo Direct, which again is going to be tomorrow, Wednesday, June 21st. Uh, so do go and check that out. But uh, Nintendo is kind of the last ones in our list of crazy big reveals over the last, I guess, uh, week and a half, two weeks. Um, so we did miss last week's episode. Unfortunately, we had some scheduling conflicts that we just couldn't work our way around. So um, we do have some older news, but that's basically all we're talking about this week is what the heck has been announced over the last couple of weeks. Because, I mean, we've had Summer Games Fest, the Xbox Showcase, the PC Gaming Show, uh, Ubisoft and Capcom all have done <laughs> presentations in the last week and a half. So uh, we have lots and lots and lots of stuff to talk about. Or, I mean... I'll put it this way. Lots of things were revealed. There were, you know, some showcases that had 30 things in them. And I've got to say across everything, I think I'm interested in like seven or eight altogether across everything that's been revealed. Like I was a little bit surprised at how packed the showcases were and how little I cared. <laughs> I feel really bad saying that, but I'm just like, (laughs) I'm going through, like I was watching, I watched the Xbox One Live uh, and I was going through like summary articles for some of the other ones that I wasn't able to watch live. And I'm just like, I don't care. (laughs) Like scroll, 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 scroll. Like nothing is catching my interest. And then if there was something that had like an interesting name or an interesting art style or whatever, I'd start to read the description and then it would be like, you know, first person shooter or uh, there was one that sounded great until it said I had to co-op with people online to solve puzzles. And I was like, nope, (laughs) I am not going to try to solve puzzles with randos. That does not sound like fun to me at all. So like there's a it's a very small amount of games that caught my attention this year. Um, And I don't think that's through any fault of the developers. I just like I mean, I've been gaming for a lot of years now. I (laughs) I very much know what is going to interest me and what isn't. So, uh, yeah, I was I was a little bit surprised because I've always thought that I had a pretty broad, eclectic taste in games. But that's really whittled down lately. Yeah, well, I mean, you only have so much time right and yeah. <laughs> uh, to to be excited about everything is to be excited about nothing right because if you play everything and you know a, a lot of folks at home are like well ryan plays everything no i really i really don't play everything i play a lot of stuff but <laughs> if i played everything then then really there would be nothing to to talk about because there's just so many games um that uh and a lot of people looking at 2023 and saying like this is a very busy year and um you know, these showcases, uh, I don't know. I think I talked about this on the mini about how years ago 
uh, speaking of time, we used to sort of watch all of these live, do a special sort of talk over episode for each one. I think we did that for like the start of the gamers in right up until you you quickly realize like, oh, the, there are a lot of these showcases once everybody started doing them and they are really like announcing so much stuff and it's just so much easier to uh, uh, read a read a recap at the end of it, because, again, like you could watch all six of these spend probably more than 12 hours watching them all and come away with, uh, you know, a like 20 minutes of trailers that's like, okay, I've got my sort of wish list set. And of course there are going to be games that you did maybe see and, and pass on at the time. But once they get closer to release and the marketing starts to kick in and the reviews release, I think they'll, they'll probably make that jump, right? Like, uh, you know, maybe, maybe, uh, Sonic superstars doesn't make that jump, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe Prince of Persia. I thought that one, like, it might be one you'd give a give a shot at once once it gets closer and we know more about it right so uh yeah and that is that is definitely true like there are some things that were just kind of uh announced in terms of uh, teasers as opposed to much wider you know like here's some gameplay here's what's all the mechanics are going to look like you know not everything shown in all of these showcases was an in-depth look i mean like starfield got the in-depth treatment and <laughs> I lasted about five to six minutes in that one, I think. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah like, uh, which I mean, and we're going to we're going to talk about that when we talk about Xbox. But um, yeah, like not everything that was shown had, you know, detailed gameplay, which is, again, I'm finding more and more. I don't care about teasers. Um I don't care about um, people who just splash 10 seconds of thoughts onto my screen and then say coming in 2024 or something and give me a name. I'm just like, uh, okay, <laughs> like I've been burned so many times either by like delays or game mechanics not being there or, you know, like just projects falling short or getting canceled or getting delayed. Then I'm just like, until I see some gameplay, I'm not going to start to get excited about stuff. So I think that's probably why some things didn't. And I like I say that, but one of the things on my list is Frostpunk 2, which is basically exactly that. It's just like, you know, 60 seconds of uh, splashes of nothing and no gameplay. <laughs> and mm -hmm. I'm just like, yes, Frostpunk 2, let's go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and that's the thing. I think like. There was so much announced and, you know, folks at home might be like, oh, they didn't talk about this. They didn't talk about that, you know, and and um, we're not going to talk about everything. I myself only watched the Xbox presentation and I had to jump out uh, a half hour before it ended. So um, and I and I don't feel like I missed anything. Really, it comes down to for me, uh, the the only sort of presentation that I feel bad missing live would be would be a Nintendo Direct. I, I am through and through a fan of Nintendo and I find that their directs are still like the best paced even if they have a game that I have zero interest in I'm like okay this is this is being presented in a way where I know that uh this too shall pass <laughs> and we will get to <laughs> whatever the next game is being Pikmin 4 or, or what have you but uh I I did not watch the Capcom one I did not watch Ubisoft uh, the PC gaming show I I knew to stay away from <laughs> uh <laughs> But I did watch some of the even the clips of it were kind of uh, tough to watch, uh, which I feel bad for some of the games that kind of got sucked into that um, 
whatever that AI joke they were trying to make. <laughs> um, uh, but we'll talk about that. But I think like, you know, kicking things off with Summer Game Fest, which was like the first one. We talked about the PlayStation one, which happened in May. That was, I guess, technically the first. But in terms of this June time frame, Summer Game Fest, Jeff Keighley. I-, I did not watch this one live. I just sort of caught it on Twitter as it was happening. And um, it was uh, there was a lot, a lot in that presentation. It was like two hours long, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was quite long. But, um, you know, like one of the big surprises that jumped out at me right away was the fact that Ubisoft was returning to the Prince of Persia franchise from a 2D perspective. And I think even maybe a more Metroidvania feel where you're going to get powers and, and be able to like navigate the landscape with these powers and such. So right, like as soon as you say Metroidvania, I'm like, Nope. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, but like (laughs) I'm all for more Metroidvania please. And like a return to 2D Prince of Persia, like that was before I played the franchise, but I know of its, its roots in the 2D sort of, realm but i i know a lot of folks jumped on um sort of there was folks on twitter being like "Ugh, what is this prince of persia 2d i want the classic 3d and I, I think these are obviously folks that like well i mean the 3d was like new prince of persia started off and was very much a 2d sort of uh, side-scrolling adventure for the longest time uh and those 3d games are are um uh are more newer like a uh, gamecube generation type thing but uh, yeah, like a, a return to form for Prince of Persia and and kind of unheard of for Ubisoft to go back to uh, to Prince of Persia because I know they've they kind of dropped it in favor of Assassin's Creed. So, mm-hmm. yeah, which which honestly was the, you know, and I don't want to, you know, we're skipping all over the place. So yeah, let's fine. try to get things a little bit more organized. <laughs> but um, yeah, I do think like. In terms of Ubisoft, Assassin's Creed is the only thing I was interested in. We've already talked about that because Assassin's Creed was in the um, the Sony um, showcase. Yes. So like we've already talked about Mirage. So I feel like I don't like I don't even really want to bring it up because I'm like, you guys know I'm excited about it. Like we're returning to stealth gameplay. They don't intend for you to like go into combat, which to me is like old, old school Assassin's Creed. And I'm really excited about it. Like, you know, so. But yeah, other than that, Ubisoft, I was kind of like, meh. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I, uh, I, but I know you're excited. And speaking of the PlayStation showcase, Alan Wake 2 showed up a bunch, uh, in the Summer Game Fest. They had a, they had an interview with, uh, the lead writer, uh, and such. I, again, I, but I did watch the gameplay trailer. I think this was our first true look at gameplay. Um, and it yeah. looks very Resident Evil y to me. It looks really scary. Yeah. <laughs> and like, the best way like i'm really excited about alan wake 2 um but again you're right we definitely talked about alan wake 2 already so again i don't want to belabor any points but um i do think it's really interesting how you know you're going to get to play the two kind of sides of a story or like you're going to have moments when you're playing as alan and moments when you're playing as the fbi agent and i think that's really cool um but yeah it looked uh like a step up in the scare department. And I mean, it's got all of the mind bending horror, extra dimensional weirdness that Alan Wake had. And I'm so excited that they like didn't tone that down. Like this is very much another Alan Wake game or looks to be that way anyways. And they haven't, it looks like they haven't really changed too much in their approach, which I love. Cause I know the, 
the people that love Alan Wake love Alan Wake. And then there's other people that are like, the F is going on. <laughs> so I'm glad that they didn't try to like tone it down or streamline it in any way. They're like, no, this is a mind fuck. Can I like get used to it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know when they announced it last year, they were saying they were they, they were leaning into the survivor horror aspect of it to make sure like it was it, it took Alan Wake's roots and like really ratcheted up as like, okay, this is going to be a very horror focused experience. Mm -hmm. And as I said, when I was watching, you know, the gameplay I'm, and having just played the Resident Evil 4 remake, I'm like, this feels like you took control, smashed it together with Resident Evil 4 and I've given us this Alan Wake sequel and I'm, I'm all for, it's been so long since I've played Alan Wake and I, I did, you know, skip over the, the remasters that came out a couple years ago, but I am very much looking forward to this one because it looks it looks like a like a really cool follow up to Control and um, a great follow up to having just played Resident Evil Four. It 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 gives me those vibes so much, like uh, a great. I'm looking forward to some sort of YouTuber doing a like explainer on Alan Wake Control and the setup <laughs> into Alan Wake Two because I feel like again between that and Control. Like, it's all part of the same universe. And even though I've played both Alan Wake and Control very recently, I played the remake of Alan Wake into Control. Um, so it's all within the last, like, 18 months or so, I think. I can't remember exactly when I played everything, but it's fairly recent. And still, I'm just like, okay, wait, what was happening? <laughs> so I feel like I need a refresher. There's got to be some, like control universe lore freak out there who's made of who's made this video it must exist <laughs> yeah i'm sure ign will have like alan wake and control in five minutes so you can play alan wake too like something they've done those videos in the past and i find yeah. they're they're mostly uh they, they give you the they give you the top level details but if you're looking for the deep dive 30 minute essay video yeah uh, that's what i want <laughs> i know i know that's what you want <laughs> yeah i don't know who that person is but i'm sure they exist uh, they must exist yeah. you guys can, can tell me in discord if you know who that youtuber is <laughs> yeah yeah uh i think that um there was like there was a lot of actual like continuations of the playstation showcase with uh the fact that they they had spider-man 2 there no trail, no like new trailer stuff, but they did announce like a date and it's coming October 20th. So it is it is uh, still targeting that fall release date. Um, that's when I'll be picking up day one. I, I love the Spider-Man uh, games by Insomniac. So the fact that we've got a date for that exclusive to PS5. So for those folks who have been sort of holding on to their PS4 or PS4 Pro and want to play Spider-Man 2, they'll have to uh, they'll have to upgrade the last uh cross generation game was was God of War Ragnarok and I and I think that uh yeah no more uh no more cross generation games for PlayStation um but uh yeah they also had a trailer for Final Fantasy 7 Rebirth not really sure what's going on looks like a lot of fun though <laughs> <laughs> yeah so this is like this is the second half of the remake this is the so so this is the sequel to the remake that came out uh, a few years back and yeah. they announced it would be three games. However, oh, the, three games. Right. Yeah. OK. The way that the first one uh, ends is uh, is basically like you thought this was a remake. It's actually 
not. It's a Square Enix story, another new story. And um, <laughs> so, uh, like, yeah. So Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, my understanding is that Rebirth is going to be a continuation of the story told in Remake that is not Final Fantasy VII story proper, but characters, locations, and maybe story beats will, will come into play here. But it is it is no longer, um, like, this isn't... This isn't a continuation of the story of our characters leaving Midgar like it would be in Final Fantasy VII. This is, uh, I think this is a whole new thing with characters from Final Fantasy VII. But again, like... uh, That's so confusing, man. Yeah. (laughs) And it must... I mean, again, I am not a huge Final Fantasy fan, although I will say we played the demo of 16. 16, yep. 16 yeah we played the demo of 16 and i am very excited for that game i think it's going to be a ton of fun so um as much as i'm like not a a, i guess legacy final fantasy player um like i i feel like if you were because i know a lot of people say final fantasy 7 is like the final fantasy so if you're a fan of final fantasy 7 you must be so pissed at this whole remake thing (laughs) Like, I, I don't know either, but I just I feel like people who hold it very near and dear and were excited about a remake are very upset now. <laughs> I look, I'm not a, a hardcore Final Fantasy. I like Final Fantasy. I'm a Final Fantasy fan, but like I've not played every game. But I do know this Final Fantasy seven has been done to death. There are spinoffs. There are movies. There are uh, while not a con- like a complete remake of Final Fantasy VII, there have been multiple sort of ports and sort of um, uh, adjacent games that have been created. And um, yeah, like Final Fantasy VII Remake starts as a remake of Final Fantasy VII, but it quickly evolves into like a different experience. And um, I- but uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know if folks are upset. I'm sure some of them are. Yeah, for sure. Like some folks are probably upset that that remake did not turn out to be um, a remake of of seven. But when you think about it at launch, when they said we're going to make three of these remaking Final Fantasy seven, everyone kind of thought like that's a lot of games to remake one game. And it turns out they're just they're just telling a, a different story with those characters in that world. So, like, there's going to be a lot of familiar stuff for folks familiar with Final Fantasy VII. I'm still confused watching the trailer. I have no <laughs> idea what's going on. Um, but it looks like a lot of fun. And I did enjoy a Remake. I have not played the 16 demo uh, just yet. I have it installed. It's really good. Okay. It's really good. <laughs> and I assume uh, I assume Matt's going to be playing that one. Are you going to be playing it as well uh, at launch? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're both going to play. Um, so that's out, like... I think that's out this week, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. it's out Thursday because it's literally the closing day of our house. And we're both like, so we could do adult things or. Or could you could play, play your Final PlayStation Fantasy. 5 in an empty house. Yeah, I think exactly. that's that's the options. <laughs> right? Yeah. So as long as your PS5, PS4, PS5, I said PS4, but I meant, you know what I meant. Five, yeah. As long as your 5 is, is, is hooked up and you have enough internet Actually, they had a news story. As long as you have a, a physical edition, like I don't think you need the day one patch to play. So you don't even need internet. Uh. You can just, you just need hydro and maybe water so that you can uh, drink <laughs> some water. water. I don't know. Depends how long you plan on playing before you. Don't forget to hydrate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. 
Um, because you don't have internet, you don't have a chat room to remind you to to take exactly. a drink. So, um, <laughs> it's important. So, look, I, I I am excited for Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. I think uh, as someone who hasn't played the original seven or a lot of the other adjacent games, I've watched some of the movies and stuff. Um, I think it's it's kind of awesome to explore that world with a different story. I think that's a that's a really cool uh, approach, especially when you know they could remake seven and they might still remake seven or or create like sort of a high definition version of it. And and I think because they've gone this route with rebirth, it still leaves that possibility open to continue mining uh, the very nostalgic Final Fantasy seven community like. Square Enix likes money, and they seem to get a lot of money at a seven. This ensures that they can get more money, I think. Yeah. Uh, so anything else that came out of Summer Game Fest that you are super excited about? I mean, we've already mentioned Sonic, so I don't think no. we have to bring that up again. <laughs> no, we don't. We don't. That was my that was my one uh, per yeah. episode. I've used it. <laughs> um, look, I, I did want to highlight something. I don't know if you watched the clip. And I, it's probably best if you didn't, but I wanted to highlight <laughs> what looks atrocious. This uh, <laughs> this Twisted Metal series that's going to be launching in July on Peacock in the U.S. It looks terrible. Uh, this clip is uh, the clip they showed was um, it's it's the dude. Who's Captain America? Anthony, Anthony Mac- Mackie. Yeah, Anthony Mackie. He's he's the main character. He plays John Doe, which is uh, the most uh, creative uh, name for a new character ever. And um, he's in the scene and he's interacting with Sweet Tooth, which is the classic sort of twisted metal uh, clown character. And it's just bad. And it's Will Arnett who's who's dubbed his voice over this uh, what I, what I think is a is a wrestler who's playing playing Sweet Tooth. And okay. it's just, it's not great. I was going to say, yeah, that is not, <laughs> that is not Will Arnett. <laughs> no, it's not Will Arnett, but it's his voice. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> uh, it's just, I look, I don't often like point people towards things that are truly bad, but like if you're interested in Twisted Metal, you want to know what you were getting into. There's this like three minute scene that they showed at Summer Game Fest and it's just, it's bad. It's it not does. Great. It looks so. I'm, I'm just watching it in the background right now, and like <laughs> it does. It looks like, and obviously with no sound because I'm paying attention to every word that comes out of, of your mouth, Ryan. That's the best way to watch co-host. it. No sound. Yeah, yeah, no sound. But uh, <laughs> like, it looks like a professor, a professional wrestling match. Like he's doing the like arm movement. Like he's hyping up the crowd, and I'm like, there's no crowd. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Professional wrestling matches have better writing than this, I think. Um, and, oh, no. and 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 look, that's not a that's not a that's not a slight at wrestling. Uh, that's more a slight. Again, this, this is a continued it's, it's slight a, yeah, towards it's twisted the metal. Twisted metal, yeah. Um, there's a there's there's a moment, and if you're not going to watch the clip, you're taking my advice. You're not going to watch the clip. There's a moment at the end where they break into song, and they have this mutual bonding over the fact that they can both sing the same song, and and that's and it's, and it's wait, it's. The thong song. It is the thong song. Yeah, you you got <laughs> subtitles on there. Well, there you go. It is the thong song. So uh, don't watch that clip. Don't watch that show. It it looks <laughs> look like Sony. They I had feel a like hit. This is what people point to when they go video game. Exactly. It feels like that's what's like... happening. It the the um look even that Gran Turismo movie which is is coming to theaters in, in August. Um. It looks like the, uh, a very serious take at telling this true story that happened. 
which, you know, on paper is, uh, is a bit like sort of far-fetched, you know, like a, a gamer plays a lot of Gran Turismo. He enters a, a contest to become a professional racer and he becomes a professional racer and it's telling that story. Um, the quality of that product looks like on par with other Sony productions they've done, like Uncharted and The Last of Us. But this Twisted Metal, it feels like the old days of video game adaptations where they said, let's just sell the rights, we'll collect a check at the beginning, we'll take our lumps in the press, and we'll just go about our day with with the check from Peacock or whatever. Yeah. Uh, that's what this feels like, and um, it's not great. So don't watch it. <laughs> Don't watch yeah. the trailer. I mean, if you want to watch the trailer, that's fine. But I, I mean, I, guys, I think you should watch the trailer for the yeah. laughs because okay. it's pretty insane. It's it's <laughs> just it's yeah, it's pretty. I, yeah, I don't think it's it's going to be anything that I'm interested in watching like week to week or <laughs> no. streaming or whatever. Like it just no, thank you. <laughs> I look forward to the reviews. That's that's where I'm yeah. sitting on Twisted Metal. I wonder if it's going to be above or below Gollum. <laughs> um, this might be the new Gollum. Might be the new Gollum. <laughs> We'll see. Uh, the only other thing that I was excited about from Summer Game Fest, and I feel like we've been talking about this for a few years now, so like it's been announced for a while. Uh, but Baldur's Gate 3, um, I think it looks really interesting. And I know um, they did like a closed beta, I feel like last year, maybe. And it wasn't necessarily well received. But again, that was, you know, almost a year ago now. And a lot more development has happened since. And so I didn't play the original Baldur's Gate, uh, Baldur's Gate and Baldur's Gate 2. But um, I do have some Baldur's Gate board games. And I find like D&D to be interesting from an outsider perspective. <laughs> I'm not a really big like role player so i struggle to actually play DD, but i feel like a DD video game is something i could really get into so i'm it's one of those ones that i'm like cautiously optimistic about mm -hmm. and i will definitely try <laughs> yeah and it was uh i think it launched in early access last year so you could buy it and play it and of course it was it was early um but launching in august it's going to launch on playstation as well and possibly xbox down the road but uh, it looks like they've got like top tier, you know, talent. Uh, I think they mm -hmm. just announced um, the guy who played uh, the one of the Malfoys in, in Harry Potter, the the dad. I, I don't oh, know name, I like but, him. I can't remember his name, but I like yeah. him. He's in it. And uh, J.K. Simmons is also another. I think he's a bad guy. I can't I can't really recall. But but it uh, yeah, it, it's kind of odd, like, you know, having limited interactions with Dungeons and Dragons, but knowing of Baldur's Gate from, from years and years ago, and then like kind of watching part of that Dungeons and Dragons movie and them talking about Baldur's Gate. I'm like, Oh man, it's all connected. It's so cool. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's uh, I'm, I'm also interested in Baldur's Gate. It's kind of a, I think it's from the same developers who did like, um, I think it's, I don't think it's pillars of eternity, but it was the other one. There was like a couple of titles sort of released around the same time that were using the same like isometric RPG uh, storytelling. There's Pillars of Eternity. I think that was Obsidian. I'm trying to remember the other one. It was Oh, uh, Divinity, Original Sin and, and Original Sin 2. So it's that developer that's doing this one. Uh, Larian Studios? Yeah, Larian. Yeah. So uh, they've they, it. I remember when it was announced years ago, it was like, Folks were like, okay, this is in good hands. Because I think it was originally, like, Neverwinter Nights was, wasn't it? It was a long time ago. I, I don't think it was Bioware, but I feel like it was 
it was a studio. Maybe it was Bioware. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? I'm just a fount of knowledge today. I th- <laughs> All I'm thinking about is Twisted Metal. I think I got to get that <laughs> like, for some yeah, reason. I really got pretty distracted by that. I'll yeah. give you that. That's my fault. Um, I put it in the notes. Yeah. So uh, let's talk about Xbox because that's mm. the one that we were both able to to watch at least pieces of it live. So um, I had no idea what this first game was when the trailers started. And I love the IT crowd. Mm-hmm. And so when I first saw the actor whose name I don't remember <laughs> at the beginning, and he's talking about like, how the age of heroes is over and we should be like farming or whatever. And he's going on. And I'm like, I don't even care what this game is because it looks awesome. I could tell who this guy is right away. It looks like it's going to be so much fun. Like I just, I'm, I'm in, I was in from the get go. And then when they revealed that it was fable, I was like, yes. Oh my God. I can't get any more excited about this. (laughs) Yeah. And, and as I was saying earlier on about like how I really want to see like in-game footage and mechanics and stuff like that, um, a lot of people were giving them crap and the, one of the developers, uh, kind of like replied and was like, I love that our game looks so good that we show in-game footage and people say that we shouldn't have shown just cinematics. (laughs) So he was like, I take that as a huge compliment. Like, thank you, angry internet. Yeah, I wasn't angry about it, but I I also thought that this like it kind of looked like it was all sort of cutscenes. Um, it definitely had that like in-game cutscene feel to it, but there were moments of actual uh gameplay, and I think it's just been so long since we've had a Fable experience that it almost felt it felt kind of otherworldly to me to like see this trailer and be like, wow, mm-hmm. this is fable we haven't had one of these since like the tail end of the 360 it has been a yeah while. it's been so long so i'm really really excited it looks like a cool concept so if you haven't seen the whole trailer um the guy i was talking about is basically a giant i don't even know how long he's in uh he's in the game this might be like a resident evil lady d situation where like that's <laughs> what the marketing is centered around and she's not in the whole game He's very tall. I'll I'll give I'll give him that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so but he doesn't appear to be the main character by any stretch of the imagination. But uh, yeah, I think uh, it looks really cool. It looks like a cool, fun concept. And I just I cannot wait to play more Fable. Can't wait. Yeah. And they said 2024 for that one. And yeah, uh, it's not as far away as I would think. So it's kind of exciting. <laughs> mm-hmm. Very much looking forward to Fable. I I actually missed that trailer because it was like, as you said, right at the beginning it was the very first thing they showed yeah so i was like have they showed fable yet and i'm like yeah they did it. they did it at the very beginning i was like oh so i had to like stop watching it find the youtube trailer <laughs> that they posted after and um and and watched it and i was like that that was the i know it was at the beginning of the showcase but that was like the reveal out of everything over the last couple of weeks and i and yes it's easy for me to say that nintendo hasn't gone yet but like fable was my most um my most favored sort of announcement because I just I love that franchise uh, and it's been so long since we had it and they nailed the sort of humor in the trailer. I think mm-hmm. I think the one moment specifically that had me like, OK, this is Fable is where he's like describing um, a hero's actions uh, and how they like they do the mundane and they think it's so special. And I think it 
cuts to her like kicking a, a chicken and there's this like villager walking by and he looks at her in disgust and is just like, yeah, you did it. Good job. <laughs> it's, just, <laughs> it's like perfect. Add the fart jokes and we're set. And they confirmed yeah, exactly. plenty of fart jokes. They already they already got out ahead of that in the interviews and they said, don't worry, plenty of fart jokes. So <laughs> all set. Perfect. So, yeah, uh, very excited about Fable. Can't wait to get my hands on that next year. Um, I'm also excited about City Skylines 2. Um, I didn't play too, too much of the original. Um, it's one of those ones that's like sitting in my backlog that I kind of started but didn't really get into. Um, but I am very excited that they're doing a sequel. Yeah, that one's coming to Game Pass too, so. Exactly. There's a lot of things that are that are coming to Game Pass. And I know, like, we, we've said this time and time again since Game Pass became a thing. But there's a lot of stuff from the Xbox Showcase where I was like, if I had to pay for this, I and I know I pay for Game Pass, so I, I am in a roundabout way paying for it. But um, there's a lot of stuff that I, I know I'm going to try, even though normally I wouldn't, um, just strictly because it is on Xbox Game Pass. So I know there's going to be lots of stuff that when it pops up, I'm just going to download and give it a shot. So, man, Game Pass. So mm-hmm. good. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think... Um... I mean, this this shouldn't come as a surprise, but Xbox, uh, all the stuff they revealed for the most part, I think there might have been one or two announcements that were not coming to Game Pass. There was some third party stuff uh, Mm -hmm. that was obviously they were they were holding off on uh, Game Pass day one for, you know, just just not to have that part of the uh, of the announcement. But, um, you know, there was a there was a clear focus from Xbox to kind of showcase all the studios that they've purchased and we just have not seen this sort of display from from them in a long time um you know we i think there was that one year where they had well they announced a lot of the games that were showcased today like or not today but this year they showcased them like three years ago with these cg trailers uh and this is just how long it takes to make games and i think they're out there in the news saying like the sooner people realize that it takes five to seven years to make these games uh it's that's just how it works now so when we reveal something three years ago like there's still a long road uh ahead but um we also got to see avowed which was another cg sort of announcement trailer similar to fable uh in Mm -hmm. 2021 i feel like maybe 2020 um but i'm surprised you didn't have this on on your list like avowed kind of feels um it it really I thought it was an Elder Scrolls Online expansion to be honest at the beginning, <laughs> and that's not a slight. It's just more like the feel of the trailer. It's like this feels like Elder Scrolls, but like it can't yeah, be Elder so Scrolls. Like, so avowed, and uh, there was another. Oh, uh, South of Midnight were two that I kind of like. They did catch my attention, but and and again, they're they're both um, Game Pass, so the, they're definitely on that list of things that I will be giving a try. Like I don't really know why I didn't put Avowed on my list. Like it's just kind of the thing where like I I saw it and I'm like that looks kind of interesting, but like I have this like hesitation towards it for some reason. Like I think maybe because I mean like it's a fantasy RPG, which is normally right up my alley, right? Like this should be a no brainer, but I think it's the time thing. I like. Ryan, Tears of the Kingdom has broken me. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I just, I feel like I have so many things that I want to do and want to play that I need stuff that I can just get up and walk away from. And anything that I get a hint that maybe it might want to be the only thing I play for weeks, 
it's like a turnoff for me now. <laughs> so, I mean, like four years ago, Jocelyn probably would have jumped all over this. But now I'm kind of like, oh, what's it going to ask of me to play this? <laughs> yeah, I, I got the sense that this was more, this was along the lines of like, um, so it's by Obsidian, uh, which are the folks behind like um, the uh, Fallout New Vegas and uh, the Outer Worlds that came out. Um, which I still, I've tried to play. Everyone says that I will love Outer Worlds and I have tried. I have tried and tried and tried and tried. And as soon as I get into space, I'm like, I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't get super far in Outer Worlds. And I think it is one of those that um, you, you got to you gotta enjoy the tone and you got to enjoy the settings. And like it has a very specific tone and setting that if if it's if you're not interested in it, uh, it, it can be hard to kind of push through. I, I didn't get very far, but um, with Avowed, I, I kind of got a, I kind of got a feel of like a mix between Elder Scrolls and like a little bit of Kingdoms of Amalur in there. And yeah, I, I mean, I completely agree with you. <laughs> yeah, it just it, but you're right. It feels like it could be a giant game, and this is something yeah. we talked about previously. Like there was a worry that oh, what if everything becomes Breath of the Wild? Like our some of our favorite franchise. I won't name names because I don't want to put that out of the universe again. But uh, I feel like it's just um, there is that that fear, you know, like uh, I like to finish, you know, main campaigns, you know. Well, and I like to play three or four things at once. And I find that like the bigger the game, the more complex the game, the harder it is to do, because then like you go back to it after you've played something else and you're just like, oh, man, I don't remember like my skills or my build or my you know controls or whatever and it's just like it games like this as awesome as they are i just don't fit think fit my gamer style all that much anymore like even when i jump back into eso it takes me three or four play play sessions to even remember what my character was doing (laughs) let alone like how to do it so that's the reason i don't play mmos or or large scale games anymore because i just i don't i also like to split my attention and um i uh, yeah like i'm afraid to stop playing tears of the kingdom exactly exactly so i feel like some of these things just like don't allow for that type of a gamer and they want to be your sole focus and so like because this like the avowed trailer looks awesome but it very much has like I think I counted like five or six different environments. It looks very open. It looks very involved, which is all amazing, but does make me go, oh, can I find the time for this? <laughs> I want to. It looks cool and it, it checks a lot of what used to be my boxes, but man, Tears of the Kingdom just broke my brain. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. I mean, you know, it, uh, there's there's these large games that that come around every once in a while and I and I think that uh they they suck up a lot of time and I and I am of the same boat of like you know having finished the main campaign for Tears of the Kingdom but feeling I haven't seen a majority of the game I kind of have still been playing it and there is this thought process of like if I stop if I move away and play something different um for longer than a few nights I'm not going to come back to this uh so I I kind of want to keep chipping away at it but i know there are other titles like even mentioning i know i i kind of skipped over diablo 4 but i mean 
I'm like, I haven't have even been hesitant to try the Final Fantasy 16 demo just in case I really enjoy it. Cause like I am still playing Tears of the Kingdom and I feel we, as you said, we've got at least one more week of it. But um, like there were uh, another one I was surprised you didn't have on there was uh, the Monkey Island expansion for Sea of Thieves. And I, th- I thought maybe that was because you hadn't played. I, I don't have a lot of affinity to Monkey Island. I know of it, but I don't know much about it. Yeah, same. Like, I'm I'm super excited to see if these is getting an update. I think that they do a really good job, like we saw with Pirates of the Caribbean. They do a really good job of bringing like third party pirate stuff into Sea of Thieves and making it feel like it fits there. Um, So I'm sure it's going to be a really good adaptation, Uh, but I've never played Monkey Island, so I'm not that like invested in that third party content, um, that third party IP. Uh, but I am excited to see if Thieves is getting an update because I, I mean, that game is so good. So, I mean, the more content they get, the better. But it very much like was kind of like an oh, interesting moment in the showcase for me, more so than I am super looking forward to that. If it makes sense, like yay more Sea of Thieves, but shrug on the IP. Right now. What about the uh, the voice of Knuckles starring in the Cyberpunk 2077 expansion? Does that... My God. Did that, that do anything for you? or? I mean, you know I love him, but... <laughs> yeah, uh, the voice of Knuckles. Uh... I can't think of his name, but I know he voiced Knuckles. Oh my God, I'm just, Ryan. I'm kidding. I I'm know, kidding. you're doing it on purpose. <laughs> Idris Elba, everybody. Idris Elba. <laughs> Cyberpunk 2077 is not one that I ever played. Um, I watched Matt play a bit of it, but again, like um, much, much the same as as reasons for, you know, not getting that psyched about Avowed and and other big titles. Like, I feel like if if you're going to be a big title, then I better already love you. Like, I'm super looking forward to Elder Scrolls 6. I know that's going to eat up my life and I'm okay with that, (laughs) you know. Um, But yeah, so I kind of have to already be invested at this point in time, which I feel bad for new IPs. Um, but yeah, like I watched Matt play some Cyberpunk 2077 and I'm like, this is not my thing. Like I just more and more I'm like, sci-fi is just meh. Yeah, well. I'd rather play fantasy. <laughs> and it's getting to the point where I feel like I need to pick. So like in a world of Cyberpunk 2077 with their new expansion or Avowed, I would pick Avowed. So. <laughs> yeah, I I, uh, I do look forward to uh, playing Elder Scrolls six with our kids when they're in college right and um, right exactly <laughs> so you know maybe in the next uh, 10 to 15 years or 20 years we'll we'll get to it oh i am under no illusions that i say it's going to eat up my life but my that's going to happen in like 2030 i i know this yeah <laughs> i'm prepping for it now mentally <laughs> <laughs> that's good um i mean before we get to starfield uh clockwork revolution was uh was revealed as um uh, it's from the folks behind Wasteland 3, which uh, I think it's In Exile is the name of the, the studio. It was it was giving me Bioshock vibes, but it was hard to understand. Like, <laughs> is it is the gameplay like one of those um, like like their other games like Wasteland 3, like sort of a isometric strategy game? Is that what it is? The gameplay didn't really jump out at me in that in that trailer. Yeah, no, it's the same. Like, I couldn't really tell you. I mean, it. it the reason that it reminded me of Bioshock, which is very first person shooter, right? The reason it reminded me of Bi- Bioshock, it reminded me of um, the most recent Bioshock, Bioshock Infinite. Yeah. Because it very much had that like bright and shiny exterior, 
over something super sinister. Uh, we Happy Few is another, like, kind of reference that popped into my head when I saw it. Like, it is very, like, dystopian, uh, dark undercurrents sort of thing. But, like, yeah, it looked so much like Infinite to me. Like, I couldn't shake that reference out of my head to the point that, like, up until they told me what it was, I was like, "Aren't did they make a new Bioshock? Like, did I totally miss this news <laughs> completely? Like, what is happening right now? Uh, and it, it sounds interesting in that, like, it, your your game mechanic is basically, like, turning back time, changing events, and then seeing what the future is like, uh, which was your original present. <laughs> so... You know, like, it, it's it's an interesting, like, choose-your-own-adventure, almost, game mechanic. That's what it kind of reminds me of, is, like, you know, go back, change something, see if it worked out or not. Sometimes it really, really doesn't from the <laughs> look of the trailer. Uh, go back again, change something different, you know, like, maybe change back what you did. So I think it's kind of cool. Um it's a it's an interesting idea and concept and and i like me a, a steampunk dystopia so <laughs> yeah yeah and it is a uh, even though it is by the folks at in exile which are known for their sort of like strategy games this is a, a first person rpg so it is a it is a first person game and um it's funny you brought up we happy few like sort of along the same lines as you know this is in exile's first you know uh new ip under the microsoft xbox banner uh i think uh we happy few they're the folks behind the south of midnight game that was also announced um while i don't think we really liked the we happy few i'm i'm looking forward to seeing what south of midnight uh is when it, when we get a i don't think that was gameplay no it, well i mean it, it might have been in in game footage i don't know but it definitely wasn't gameplay really it, it was a teaser 100 percent um, and it's available on Game Pass, which is why I didn't write it off right away or, or like why I didn't, um, I guess, decide to wait and see. <laughs> like, I, I do think like not paying for it and having it through Game Pass is very much like makes this an interesting title right out the gate for me. Um, I liked We Happy Few. Didn't get as far, I think, as I, I would have necessarily wanted to. And I can't remember why. I don't think I bounced off it for the gameplay necessarily. Um, or at least I, I didn't bounce off of it for the story. I'll say that like the story and the lore and the world were really cool. Um, but I think like pretty quickly it becomes like a super kind of hardcore survival um, puzzle type game. Um, and I just ended up not loving it as much as I had hoped that I would when I saw a lot of the original trailers because like it had such a cool world and lore and stuff. So but yeah, I definitely didn't finish it. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, I yeah. wouldn't say I wouldn't say I disliked it. I don't think. Okay. I mean, you know, you guys can tell me in Discord. You remind, <laughs> remind me what uh, I said. What five, six, seven years? Away. How old is we happy few now? Oh, it, it, I. I, <laughs> I don't, don't even think I want to know. <laughs> it, it, it came out a while ago. I think it was one of those games that like had a lot of potential and was doing some interesting stuff and was kind of running with sort of the. Yeah, I, what was it like the care the way the characters interacted? It felt five very years much ago, five <laughs> 2018. Okay. Yeah, 2018. So, yeah, I mean, they've uh, so they've obviously been busily working on this. They got purchased shortly after uh, that game came out. So um, it's it'll be exciting to see what it is. It looked really cool. Like the style looked 
mm-hmm. really awesome. So as you said, Game Pass will be able to check it out. Um, but yeah, like then they wrapped up a hour and a half show with uh, a 45 minute Starfield direct where they just talked about Starfield. <laughs> for Which was kind minutes. of nice that like they broke that out into its own thing so that, you know, people throughout the entirety of the rest of the Xbox showcase weren't expecting Starfield. And everybody knew exactly when the Starfield coverage was going to happen. So you could, if you're like me, you know, kind of tune out (laughs) because you're like, okay, now they're into Starfield. Nothing else Xbox is happening after Starfield. Like this is what they're ending on. Um, And, uh, you know, like I am super stoked for people who like this kind of game, like Starfield as a game for people who like that stuff looks awesome. Like when they were talking about all of the different crazy things you could do in the game and customizations and places you could go and all the exploration. And I'm like, great. I don't want to do any of that, (laughs) but I'm glad that there's somebody who does. And there's probably a lot of people really stoked about uh, all the customization options and the building of your ship and the, you know, infinite, it feels like exploration, you know, like it gives me no man's sky vibes, (laughs) but yeah, in a not empty launch way. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, so I was sort of. I remember when Starfield was unveiled, uh, or or we got a, a better look at it last year. I had the same vibe of like, okay, this feels like a very big game, um, but you're not really showing me the Bethesda stuff. You know, you're showing me the you can do anything. You can go to that planet. You can visit those rings you know you can do all that stuff and and like that's there that is a a core way to sell these very large games and i think when we talk about sort of the breath of the wild affecting developers and and not affecting but like helping them design what what they want to do next and sort of saying let's do a breath of the wild-esque experience um and they kind of lean into that in the marketing too of like thousands of planets you can talk to everybody you can you know, you can build your spaceships from scratch. You can write down to, you know, the the specific uh, paint on that specific part. And I think with this deep dive, what it did for me is it kind of illustrated that, like, that's all there. But also we have we are very much still Bethesda making a Bethesda RPG. And I've gotten really good at, like, saying I want I'm going to focus in on sort of the main quest here like yeah there are thousands of planets but i'm by no means needing to visit all of them uh you know i'm going to obviously i don't know that for sure that they won't make us visit a thousand planets but i i don't think they will like i think this is going to be a bethesda type game where you are you are given specific quests to do to complete specific things this isn't going to be like the no man's sky of like okay now go explore and and find the fun. You know, I think this is still going to be a a very. It's going to have an option of a guided experience. Yeah, and that's the way I'm going to play it. Like I um, I might like you know take a break. Like okay, I'm going to take a breather and go visit you know some random planets. But like I I'm excited to to play the game, but play it as if it was like a, a, like a Skyrim type game of like where's my quest log. I'm going to interact with some fun characters and uh, they kind of showcase some of the, you know, quirky dialogue that you're going to be able to, to, uh, to experience. Um, You can collect a bunch of sandwiches. Uh, So like, 
There is that I Bethesda think charm. I've seen that sandwich screenshot <laughs> more times than literally any other marketing material about this game. People yeah. are obsessed with the fact that you can just fly around in space and make or collect sandwiches. I'm still unclear. Because again, like I bounced off of the Starfield um, presentation really fast. Like yeah. I, you guys, you guys know, and I have said this pretty much since announcement, Starfield's not my thing. So like, I will not be playing this yeah. <laughs> and I am so happy that there are people that are super stoked about this, but yeah, this is not my jam. So yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> I bounced off real fast. So I still don't understand the table of sandwiches, but it's been in my feed for a week now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure I understand it completely either. I just, I think it was, <laughs> it was kind of look, like I said, like in the marketing and even in the direct, they still lean into this idea of like, wow, you can play your way. There's so much freedom and, and to me, it's like, OK, that's that's great, because there's probably the other side of it, too, where I just I'm just going to follow the quest line. I'm going to let the game guide me to where I need to go um, while they are leaning into that, like freedom to do what you want. Um, th- that's always kind of been there. I think that, you know, in an Elder Scrolls game or, or a Fallout game, but you still always have your quest, your main quest, like you still have a yeah. goal. So it it very much feels like no man's sky but i i i'm still excited to and again like because it's coming to game pass it's a little easier for me to say like i'm excited to play it because i know there's there's some bethesda fun in there so i'm uh that one launches i think early september and uh they they showed like a bunch of ways you can give them money to play it early but i will be playing it on game pass (laughs) i mean they always do that right yeah (laughs) It's becoming more and more a thing. <laughs> it's like it, the the early access. Um, I think that's a great way to like kind of get around sort of the launch on Game Pass sort of uh, thing is is saying like, yeah, we'll launch on Game Pass and uh, you can play it on Game Pass. But if you want to play five days early, you can give us, you know, more money to play it. And I think that's like that's one way that they can kind of ensure some some like you know, cash is coming in right away. I don't know if it's like my favorite thing, but everyone, everyone's kind of doing it now. I know Diablo did it with their five day early oh, yeah. access yeah. and they probably made <laughs> a good chunk of money. It's like pre-ordering the DLC. Basically it's, it's yeah. not even buying early access. It's just saying like, I'm going to give you, I'm going to buy all the Starfield up front plus a watch. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. Well, before we get into the PC gaming show, wanted to say a very special thank you to our June patron spin. Thank you so much for supporting us over at patreon.com slash the gamers in. Uh, we will be doing Psychonauts 2 for our TGI game club this at some point this summer. So do pay attention to the discord for more information about that. Uh, and so, Ryan, you are doing a play through your backlog um, challenge. <laughs> I don't know if it's a challenge. It's more I like... Know, like- <laughs> I look like we were talking pre-show about I keep finding things to uh, to do, even though I've got plenty to do. Uh, this is another one of those things. So I decided like <laughs> I, I I don't know if I want to like buy a brand new video game. I know there's a lot, you know, not a lot of cool. There's a lot of cool video games coming out. But having played a bunch of Tears of the Kingdom, I'm like, OK, I spent a lot of money on Tears of the Kingdom. I still need to go through that art book. I'm working on it. If anyone, if anyone's wondering, uh, but I thought, you know what? I have a, a huge backlog of games. So I put up a poll exclusive to patrons. Uh, folks could pick from, you know, four choices. And uh, I, I've, even though the poll hasn't closed, I feel fairly confident in saying that it looks like I'll be playing Elden Ring. 
yeah. <laughs> uh, very soon. I'll be diving back into Elden Ring. I'll play enough of it to kind of like bring it back on the show. Yeah, you started Elden Ring. Yeah, so it's it's not a, a total start from the very beginning playthrough, but nothing. It shouldn't really surprise anyone that like uh, there's very few examples of games that like stay in the shrink wrap, you know, like they usually get opened, installed. I play for a couple hours like that's kind of how I <laughs> how I roll. <laughs> So like I instantly remove all value from the game uh, by by opening it and playing a little bit and then and then moving on to something else. But but I am excited to uh, to to jump back into Elden Ring. And it's it's been something I've been meaning to do for a while. And, and of course, I say I need a break from Tears of the Kingdom. What better way to take a break than with the Breath of the Wild from software game? So here we go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure everyone is very, very excited to hear about your adventures once you do bring it back to Gamers Improper. So, uh, yeah, again, if you guys would like to see the poll or if you would like to support the show, head on over to patreon.com slash the gamers in. Uh, so uh, PC gaming show. This gave me Frostpunk 2, which made me very excited. <laughs> and I know yeah. Frostpunk 2 is on your list, too. Yeah, uh, and it was another sort of CG look forward to the game type thing. Uh, There's no gameplay, but they did uh, say 2024. I think they're aiming for the first half of 2024. And uh, since then, they've kind of talked a little bit about the systems, and it's still very much going to focus on survival uh, within the extreme weather, but also leaning more into... And and you're going to laugh when I say this, but leaning more into like the societal stuff that would crop up in the main game of like your yeah. policy choices and stuff. So um, it sounds like it's going to be a, a very lighthearted game that. Um, oh, completely. Uh, I think this one. Uh, so they kind of teased it in the trailer, uh, but this one centers a little bit more. So the first game was very coal driven. This one has uh, the discovery of oil. So um, that always goes well. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like we all know that oil is not controversial. Uh, so, yeah, I think that uh, it's it's going in some frost punky directions, which I love. Uh, and to kind of flip it totally on its head, I'm also excited about Critter Cove. <laughs> <laughs> it looked like very, very cute, very colorful, <laughs> very Animal Crossing meets Stardew Valley meets all the kind of stuff I've been playing. And yeah, just more of those, please. Just keep them coming because I will just keep playing them. They are my jam right now because, again, I feel like I can, you know, go in and then walk away for a while and it doesn't matter. Oh, yeah. This looks very, very Coral Island. Very vibes. Coral Island. Yes, exactly. Huh. Very <laughs> I'm cool. like, yeah, just just keep them coming. Keep them coming. I don't even care. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I, I think the so the PC gaming show that was uh, it was very, very cringe. I, I did not watch it. Yeah, no, the PC gaming one is one that I never, ever watch. I always find the like summary articles and, and watch the trailers completely separate from anything they do on stage because, oh, my God, it's so bad. <laughs> I feel like they leaned into it a bit too much this year in terms of like, <laughs> let's make it let's make it uh, bad on purpose. Um yeah. So it, there's not it, a yeah. lot of people that can actually get away with that, though, and do it well, you know, like, yeah, it's no, like you... when people are like, OK, everyone says our presentations are bad. Let's make them bad on purpose. No, now you're just doing a bad, bad presentation. Yeah, you can't. You have to be accidentally bad to be good. You know, exactly. So, exactly. Very specific science <laughs> that we won't get into here because it's uh, it's too complex. Um, 
but like I did sort of brave it a little bit for, uh, <laughs> I felt so bad for the developers. Uh, they showed off the first gameplay of, of Stormgate, uh, which is the free to play RTS game coming from X, uh, Blizzard. Those are the X Blizzard guys, right? Yeah. Yeah. And they had one, one of the, the, the guys presenting and, and, um, I think day nine kept bringing up the whole AI thing and, and, and the, the bits, uh, of, of what they were Ugh. doing with the PC gaming show. And I just, I, all, all of us were just saying, no, 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 just, just like focus on the game. Let's see the game, uh, talk about the game. And when they were doing that, it was, it was, it worked very well. Um, but they kind of showed off like more of Stormgate. And, and again, like it does look like, uh, like what we were hoping for, like a, an RTS, uh, built from, you know, X Starcraft folks. And, uh, it looks, it looks like it'll be a lot of fun. And, um, carries that sort of pedigree forward that that blizzard has sort of dropped in terms of yeah wanting to make rts games so, so it's got that going for it which i think is a huge thing and i think it's launching i think they're looking at a closed beta later this summer and possibly launching closer to 2024 or early 2024 so it's not too far off which is interesting because that that's one thing that i you know with with stormgate that i'm kind of like it looks interesting. And I did like StarCraft and Heroes and like there's lots of stuff that I've played that I enjoyed that would fall kind of under this umbrella. And I'm like, this could be good. But it's like I, I keep waiting until they're like super, super close because I don't want to get invested and excited. You know, like I keep I don't know why I don't know what it is about Stormgate, but I just keep thinking it's going to like fall flat on its face, <laughs> which is terrible. And I, I have no reason for it, but I did. There's just, I don't know, something about it that makes me look at it and go, is this actually going to hit its release date? Like, should I actually start to pay attention? So I, maybe, maybe I should, <laughs> maybe, you know, PC gaming show 2023 is when I really should start paying attention because I, I think like I, I, the devs that are behind it are people that I know make good stuff. So I, I think it's just, yeah, maybe because they're out on their own right now that gives me hesitation. And because they haven't, like, this is their first offering, right? This is the, all the X-Blizzard guys when StarCraft Two basically folded and, like, it's all over now. They're not doing new StarCraft stuff. It's in maintenance mode or whatever. Um, it's so, like, it's all those guys that made StarCraft that have now left and are making their own thing. But this is the first thing out of their company, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it is. Well, maybe, maybe that's it. Maybe that's what's kept me away from it so far i think there's also you know it, it has to be said like you know elephant in the room you know labeling it as a, a free-to-play pc real-time strategy game like that's that's a hard sell right like free-to-play brings a lot of baggage yeah. um and i think that's where they lean into free-to-play pc experience as opposed to just free-to-play rts because that kind of welcomes well is this going to be a a more mobile strategy in terms of, you know, it's um, uh, the way that you're going to support it. They have to make money somehow, you know? Yeah. And like right on the front page, there's a lot of talk about like the first truly social RTS next generation esports. like a lot of those buzzwords that kind of make you like, yeah. mm, okay, what? Well, especially uh, when hmm. you know the esports industry in general is going through a really tough time right now. Like, Nobody could really ever articulate how esports made money. <laughs> you know, like everyone was super invested in it, but nobody ever really 
figured out how to make it make a ton of money or at least, you know, kind of tie those threads. And I know, you, you know, you guys can say, you know, advertising and selling of skins and blah, 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 whatever. But I don't think that there's been a company that has really figured it out yet. And um, it's very much like there's a lot of leagues that are folding now. There's a lot of games that are, you know, go, basically gutting their esports program. I mean, like Hearthstone just absolutely decimated their esports program this year. Like there's a lot of places that are really cutting back and a lot of places that were esports focused, whether they're like um, tournament organizers or production companies or whatever, like a lot of places are really struggling and, and folding and, and pairing, ba pairing back and doing layoffs and stuff all around esports. So when you see a game that's like, oh, don't worry, because esports buzzwords, it's like, have you read the room, guys? <laughs> yeah, I think that's part of it. And the 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 good thing about, you know, free to play and, and it being an RTS is is you're going to be able to try it uh, without with yes, zero yeah, barrier to true. entry outside of, you know, um, having a computer to play it on. Yeah. And if there's too many paywalls, you can always, you know, bounce off of it. Right. And you haven't lost yeah. anything. And and that is to me like the most telling thing when it comes to the launch of a, a free to play experience is like right away, you know how much bullshit you're gonna have to deal with. You know, yeah. like <laughs> Diablo Immortal had like what a twenty year lead up to its release, and uh, it was like kind of the first month where everyone it, like got got a sniff of it, and it was like, oh, okay, no, this is uh, this is not great. You know, but leading up to it, it was all like, hey, Diablo on phones, you know, also on PC, it's going to be great. But but it was at launch, really, where people realized, like, right, that's what we've been smelling is this really bad free to play imp Im implementation. So I think it's the same thing here. And, and uh, they'll have to prove themselves. And I, and I know in interviews, they said, like, we're focusing on cosmetics, you'll be able to support the game through you know, announcer packs and specific looks for your, for your for your units and your characters. I will say when it comes to announcer packs in Heroes of the Storm, those were some of my favorite like collectibles or cosmetics, whatever. Um, they were really they were really fun. I thought that that was one of the best imp implementations of ways to spend my money in Heroes, <laughs> yeah. honestly. <laughs> yeah, so and, and I, I really enjoy that that way of funding your free to play game is like, give me options. You know, yeah. I may not be into announcer packs, but I may really like um, having a specific look for my units, you know, and wanting to, uh, you know, collect all the, the Christmas themes for my characters, you know, and I'll just buy those sight unseen. That's, that's just an example. That's, I don't know if that's actually going to happen, but you know, I think, I think that there is some freedom there if it's priced right. And it's not aggressive. Uh, like I think Blizzard is kind of like they've they've done I haven't played Diablo 4 but I know like the they have the Blizzard tax on the cosmetics in there where it just it mm -hmm. feels a little too overpriced and you know it's kind of like borderline cooler than the stuff you'll get in game so that also feels a little gross so uh, it, we'll have to see come launch how that's going to work out but like the core game will be accessible free to play uh, yeah. And the cosmetics and the way that they'll make money uh, will be um, secondary, hopefully, to the gameplay. And hopefully the gameplay will be very, very good. Because uh, name another RTS that that, <laughs> that has come out lately that's like really, 
you know, lit the genre on fire. I think it really is Starcraft two, you know? Um, yeah. Company heroes, uh, three maybe, but I, I was, I forgot that actually, uh, came, I think that came out like a couple years ago. So again, like it's very few and far between for this genre. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, in terms of the rest of the PC gaming show, the only other thing that really caught my eye was Undead Inc. Because again, super into like sim type games right now. I'm still playing a ton of Two Point Campus, by the way. Um, they released a couple DLCs and I'm just I'm all over it still. But uh, Undead Inc. <laughs> like just sounds ridiculous, but also... I kind of can't wait. So the whole premise of the game, it's another sim game. You're running like an evil megacorp, basically. Um, and your whole point is to try to make zombies without your employees, the government or the public finding out. <laughs> like, I just kind of love that absurd concept. You're right. just supposed to make as much money because you're an evil megacorp and make as much money as you possibly can without anyone finding out. And I'm like, on the one hand, sounds very realistic. <laughs> On the other hand, you're making zombies, so it's kind of quirky at the same time. So I, I I'm gonna check it out. I know I'm gonna check it out. It's uh you're basically playing Umbrella. Uh Yes, yeah. exactly. Yes. <laughs> I am Umbrella Corp. <laughs> so if they get a, a Resident Evil piece of DLC, I would not be surprised. Like if they do really well, <laughs> then they license like a they do like a Resident Evil spin-off or something. Oh, like that'd that. be so fun. <laughs> that'd be really cool. Yeah, I missed that yeah. one. I, I I did not see that, but um it sounds really I cool. I thought you would have been again, like I feel like you've pointed out a couple of things to me. And this is the thing, right? Like this is this was a big info dump, so some stuff is obviously gonna get missed. But yeah, I was a little bit surprised that you, the zombie guy, were not excited about the zombie sim game. Yeah. No, I didn't realize it was zombies. I thought, you know, it kinda yeah. but then I say that out loud and now that's yeah. forever recorded. Uh undead ink, Ryan. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> um we'll just move on from there. But yeah, no, I'll uh, I'll add that to the wish list and I will I will check that out when it launches. Um another one that sort of was showcased at the PC gaming show, and I won't talk too much about it because honestly, this one you can play right now. It's part of the Steam Next Fest. Uh it's got a demo. It's called The Invincible, and it it's like it feels like a space exploration game, but it's very narrative focused. Um it kind of looks like uh you know, those, I hate to say it, but like those, like they were kind of labeled as like quote unquote walking simulators, but they were more like narrative driven adventure. I remember, oh, wasn't there one where like everybody disappeared? Yeah. And well, everybody's gone to the rapture was one. Yeah. Rapture. That's it. Okay. Yeah. And uh, Firewatch. Oh, Firewatch. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe yeah. it'll be better. There's a demo, <laughs> Jocelyn. You can try it and determine for yourself if it's like Firewatch or not. Uh, I have not played it yet, but it looks really cool the style looks really interesting and uh i will be checking out the demo i've already speaking of steam next fest there's a thread in the discord under the general channel that is just steam next fest demos and it's just folks uh throwing links in there for demos they're checking out and there's like a lot of great stuff um some of which was was showcased at the pc gaming show so like that was part of their marketing of like hey check out our demo next week uh, so a lot of that is available on Steam right now. So I will be checking out the Invincible uh, both now and in the near future. So looking forward to it. <laughs> uh, we also had uh, the Ubisoft uh, Forward Showcase. Um, like I said earlier, there wasn't really much in here for me except for Assassin's Creed Mirage. And we've already talked about that. So uh, what caught your eye from Ubisoft this last week? 
Well, we we did talk about Assassin's Creed. Uh, we talked about Prince of Persia. I am uh, I I would be remiss if I didn't quickly mention there was like a thirty second clip of the Mario Plus Rabbids DLC where they're bringing back uh, Rayman. Speaking of characters Ubisoft has abandoned in favor of Assassin's Creed. <laughs> um, so uh, Rayman's back and he is uh, trapped in the Nintendo Switch uh, exclusive Mario Plus Rabbids. Uh, so uh, I'll be I'll be checking that one out when it launches later this year. But uh, another one. So cautiously curious about uh, Star Wars Outlaws, which is the huge open world Star Wars game from uh, Massive uh, which are the folks behind division. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't, I don't know if you got this vibe. I, I was really liking what I saw with outlaws, but I just, there was something about it that felt like this is like, it's kind of weird. Like I know what's going to come out in 2024, but it, but it just feels like it's a bit further off. Like there was something about the gameplay, something about the demos that of course the game is unfinished, but it felt like they, they needed to tighten up a lot more. Yeah, the thing is like uh, that I always look at when I'm looking at demos is like this is the best like 5 to 10 minutes. I mean, like I mean not not demos that you download, but like when people are actually like up on stage showcasing some gameplay demonstration, like uh, it, it's the literal best that you have to offer in your game, right? At this moment in time. Mm-hmm. And so if the best that you have to offer is giving me like unfinished buggy not quite right vibes like i totally understand where you're coming from saying that like they say x release date but it looks like it's not going to be ready in time um because like they get to they get to hand pick exactly what they show on stage right so yeah eyebrows raised for sure yeah, and and you know it's a it's a vertical slice. Uh, it's a very small part of the game that has been that is still currently in active development. So like, there's a yep. lot going on here, a lot of caveats. Um, but there, there's just I'm excited about it. I think the characters are great. I think uh, I like Star Wars. I like the idea of setting it where they've set it. I think it's in the more interesting portion of the timeline. Sort of like my my first preference is like set in between the movie, like in between the movie trilogies, like um, not between the the movies like three and four, but uh, or no, no, that's what I like between three and four and between like six and seven. I'm trying to get the numbers right, but like I don't really <laughs> I don't really like the like, let's set this between four and five, like such a small mm. slice of the timeline where you can't really do anything too interesting without staying out of the way of the the larger sort of story the established canon yeah yeah but when you kind of get to explore those like 30 year gaps that aren't um sort of well well documented (laughs) yeah exactly i really like that so this this game isn't doing that this game is set between um between four and five i think like it's i think they kind of sandwiched it uh in between like the older trilogy somewhere in those movies so the empire is very much a threat, but the rebellion has already started to take hold. But like it just, uh, there was just something about it. I, I really, I, I felt like I got the sense of like, okay, they're, they're building this huge star Wars world. Uh, they're setting it up as like sort of a heist game, which I really do like. Um, but, uh, I need to see more of it. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying, you know, what they've showed so far, but like this being an Ubisoft title and, um, they make 
very specific giant games and i wonder like okay what space tower am i going to climb here that's the joke right like what's the space what's the tower i got to climb to reveal the map <laughs> uh in avatar you're you're climbing a giant tree uh i actually don't know that for sure but uh, <laughs> uh that was another game that was sort of unveiled look I, it's just i i find it very hard to get excited about uh giant open world experiences from ubisoft because I feel like they've kind of all, they all kind of blend together, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know if Star Wars added to that mix is going to be enough, but uh, for an initial viewing, like I, I thought like, okay, this is, this is interesting. You know, we've had EA with the baton for so long when it comes to the Star Wars franchise. Let's see what other folks can do. But um, Ubisoft wasn't kind of like my first, you know, choice for, for a follow-up to like what EA has been doing, but We'll see. I like I like the division. So uh, if it's if it's uh, it's by those same folks. So, you know, they know how to make a giant big game. But um, I'm not really, as you said, I'm not really looking for that. I'm looking for a more focused experience. The guy yeah. says who did not play uh, Jedi uh, Survivor yet, <laughs> uh, but I'll get to it. Maybe that'll be July's backlog. <laughs> Maybe I haven't bought it yet. I have to. I have to buy it. I. I kind of keep. Uh, Does it count if it's not in your library yet? I don't know. I feel like that one's like like a done deal that I have to. I do want to play it, so I would probably put it in my backlog. Like same with Diablo Four. Like I do want to play it. So in my mind, even though I haven't purchased it, it's still on this list of like, what are you doing? Like get back to that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's wrap up this conversation with quick thoughts on Capcom. Um, I have literally no thoughts because, <laughs> well, I looked through everything and I was just like, there's not really anything I'm interested in in this showcase at all. So thanks for existing, Capcom, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, um, look, I will uh, I will probably echo that statement. And I kind of feel like we should have swapped it with Ubisoft because like to end on the we don't care about Capcom <laughs> <laughs> sort of train. Oh my God, please don't use that as an episode title. I, I will feel not. bad. No, okay. I, I usually, uh, I, I will not do that. Uh, we care about, I love Capcom. Resident Evil uh, 4 was amazing. They've, they they make great games. Yeah, it's just, it's this, it's this specific showcase that I just felt like there wasn't really anything that caught my attention. No, um, I will note this, like the, uh, the Pragmata delay trailer uh was uh super cute it's basically like the main i was character. gonna say yeah that was that was really cute I, yeah i agree yeah it was the main character sort of drawing out like a note while um the player char characters defending defending this uh, small child is drawing a picture on the on the floor and he's like yelling at her, like what are you doing we gotta go and and she's just basically drawing out like we're delayed till f f till whenever we figure out uh, <laughs> till question mark yeah <laughs> yeah and i thought that was a really cute way of both acknowledging that the game is still in development while being like, we don't know when it'll be done. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, any other, you know, I hope that's the new trend outside of like the the JPEG, uh, sorry, but um, we have to delay the game type thing on Twitter. Oh, God. I would prefer this. Uh, I would yeah. much prefer this sort of uh, approach. Um, but uh, other than that, I think Dragon's Dogma 2 looks interesting. Um and I want to I want to see more of it once it's uh, once it's closer to launch. But it looks it looks interesting, but it also looks like another giant game that we're we're gonna have to carve out some time for. And, <laughs> and I never played the first one, so I don't really have a an idea of of 
of of what what we're what we're in for but i know a lot of folks are excited about this this sequel like it's 10 years since the first one so it's uh it's kind of a big deal so i i did want to note that all right so if you guys want to give us your thoughts on all of the different showcases that we saw in this last week week and a half head on over to bit.ly slash tgi discord and join the conversation over there you can also visit us on the web at gamersinpodcast.com or follow us over on twitter you can find me, Jocelyn, at Joss Plays. Ryan is at R. Murphy. And don't forget to follow the show at The Gamers Inn. Thanks for staying at The Gamers Inn. And remember, tune in next week. We're going to talk all about Nintendo. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. <laughs>